It's the Red Maryland segment with Greg Klein, covering all things political in the old line state, here on 92.7 WGMD, WGMD.com, and the WGMD app. All right, 7.50 is the time. want to thank Indian River School Board member Dr. Donald Hattier for joining us in studio this morning, and uh, we'll have him back, Jim Fritz, and uh, Superintendent Steele as well. Again, the referendum on February the 13th. Joining us now in the Backyard Works Newsmaker line as we switch gears to the old line state, and Greg Klein joining us this morning. Greg, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me again, Mike. You got it. Now, let me start. I mean, there's a lot to get to. My my email box has probably got 100 emails just from Maryland stories with legislation alone that I'm trying to go through here over the last week. But let's start first with Governor Hogan introducing legislation uh, to return the school start to after Labor Day. And I know that he had written in an executive order, signed an executive order, but the governor, excuse me, the legislature overrode the governor last year on that. You know, some counties have decided to go ahead and do that. Uh, I think that uh, others have decided not. I think the majority are post-Labor Day. But that all said, this year with Kerwin, with criminal justice reform legislation being proposed, etc., is this something that he should be worried about right now? Well, I don't think it's his number one priority, but it's the kind of issue, you want to know why Governor Hogan has 70-plus percent approval rating across the board, Mm -hmm. Republican, Democrat, Independent. It's because he takes up bills like this, Um, and I think that's one of the reasons he's pushing it. There's plenty of polling that says a a significant majority of Marylanders approve of this. It seems to be common-sense kind of stuff. The opposition to it really seems to come from, uh, you know, the educational establishment and the teachers' unions who are – who are worried about losing their in-service days and their days to go to the MSCA convention in Ocean City every year and, and organize to support Democrats. That's really what's at stake here. So it's kind of a it's kind of a win issue for him. You're absolutely right. It's not the most important issue uh, facing Marylanders. Local school boards can still start after Labor Day if they want to. Uh, but, you know, this is a, this is an issue that the governor's got wide public support. He's being opposed by a legislature who's really motivated by special interest, and it's a political winner for him. So that's why he pushes it out there. Now, my question may come off as me almost giving an opinion that I think he shouldn't be doing it, and I actually think the opposite. I think tactically it's a very wise move because it's an ability to where he's got the support, uh, the ability to show that the Democrats really don't care necessarily what the rest of the state has to say on this and at the same time too when we're talking about Kerwin and I think he's got them well we'll see I think he's got them over a cliff on this one Greg and you tell me if I'm wrong if going to school after Labor Day okay helps in economic activity even if it's just to the tune of 10 20 million dollars okay and in addition to that he's also trying to give some tax relief to keep retirees in the state if we're talking Kerwin and increased spending on education why would you not want to try to do something that spurs further economic activity and keeps people in the state so that you maintain a healthy tax base I mean to me that's a great argument to make if Democrats want to spend a zillion more bucks here on education um, yeah, no, it's a great argument, and it's why the governor is able to, to go out and make it. I mean, the argument of the argument Democrats will make is, hey, we should have local control of schools, which, of course, Kerwin kind of runs counter to that because they're going to run roughshod over what local counties are doing, including making them raise taxes. But 
what they're what Democrats are really opposed to is having these strictures because, of course, starting after Labor Day, there's also a time that schools have to end and there's a certain number of instruction days they have to have. So that really squeezes the calendars. And suddenly those, you know, teacher union in-service days get squeezed out. That's what's really going on here, which, is, again, is why the governors push so hard on this. Um, uh, on this issue and why most of the public doesn't really see this as a problem. Um, so no, I, Again, these are the teachers that voted for Obama twice that uh, had the Department of Education force Common Core down our throats at the federal level. They didn't complain about that, but yet, you know, they're complaining about going to school after Labor Day. I mean, be consistent. Well, and, and overwhelmingly endorsed Governor Hogan's opponent in the primary. Correct. Um, you know, the, the, the most far-left candidate, Ben Jealous. So, that's really who the MCA overwhelmingly supported Ben Jealous in the primary long before the primary day. So, you know, it, it, there's there's plenty of evidence that this is a very far left organization, at least as far as its leadership, not, of course, rank and file teachers. And, of course, their their annual meeting in Ocean City is a, is a big deal for them. So anyway, that that's a big part. But on the tax issue, you know, the Democrats want to raise taxes. You talk about the governor's got them over the barrel. Um He's been messaging so clearly on the tax aspect and the cost of Kerwin. Meanwhile, he's come out with a budget that uh, increases spending to record levels in K-12 education, that implements some of those uh, Kerwin recommendations within the budgetary strictures Correct. without raising taxes, and in fact supports a tax cut, an income tax cut, for retirees and, and first responder retirees and military, military retirees, right. so as you point, keeping them in the state. See, and I've said you you've heard me say this on your show many times. That's the reason why Governor Hogan is so popular, because he can fund priorities and not raise taxes. And the Democrats just seem to not be able to do that. That message is resounding with Marylanders of all political stripes. And that's why the Democrats are so low, even even though. You know, especially the state Senate are trying to find ways that they can fund this without it being called a tax increase. And they're not having a lot of success. Yeah. Well, and again, Governor to Governor Hogan's credit, he continues to be out in the media almost every day, whether it be radio, television, uh, also uh, on Facebook and other social media outlets. And has been very strong with that. And hopefully he continues to, to keep up the good fight on that. Uh, I thought also a good strategic move on his behalf, on his behalf that, excuse me, Calling on national Democrats, i.e. the DNC chairman, Tom Perez, to help him fix partisan gerrymandering in the state of Maryland. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of hypocrisy on this issue. What, what happened was uh, Tom Perez, who, of course, is a Marylander, people remember, um, even though he's worked in D.C. his whole life, which is why he was found ineligible to run for our state's attorney general position. If people remember that history, um, who's headed the DNC, was cheering the fact that a nonpartisan redistricting commission was created in Wisconsin and Governor Hogan said, Hey, that's great. I'm glad you're in favor of that. Why don't you come back home to Maryland and help me do that here? Mm -hmm. Exactly. And and the response of course is crickets because the Democrats are all in favor of bipartisan redistricting unless it doesn't help them. Well right. They're not right. really interested so, in it at all. I.e. they are in favor of gerrymandering. Yeah, if it helps them, sure. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's a big part of the Which problem. And, and, you know, and, and that's what you hear from Maryland Democrats. Well, we're not going to unilaterally disarm. Even when we're talking about 
state-level redistricting, which really is the key. A lot of people get hung up on the congressional redistricting, but state-level redistricting really is the critical issue when yes. it comes to redistricting. Yes. And one that you can't, you can't talk about Wisconsin or Pennsylvania or Virginia if we're talking about how we draw our own legislative districts. We're talking with Greg Klein at RedMaryland.com segment. He joins us on the Backyard Works Newsmaker line. Yesterday, the House Minority Caucus coming out with a press release that the Democrats' gun bills do nothing to fight violent crime crisis. And again, I do have to laugh uh, when I hear about you know, long guns as if long guns are being used in crimes in Baltimore City. Uh, that's certainly not the case. But your thoughts on what the Minority Caucus yesterday had to say? Well, we're going to have something else at Red Maryland proving this point. But uh, the statistics that are out there show about uh, 90 96 percent of the gun crimes are committed with guns that aren't affected by this long gun registration bill. So the Democrats are basically ignoring the guns that commit 96 percent of the gun crimes in this state. Um, the, the, the problem is, you know, lending your lending your neighbor shotgun to go hunt ducks is not what's causing the 348 murders in Baltimore City every year. Yeah, just yeah, over 2 percent were committed using a rifle or shotgun. They say more than 73 percent were committed using a handgun. Yeah, and and so this is this is uh, what they're debating about, and they're continuing to debate today as the moms demand action. Folks invade, and they, you know, there was an effort yesterday by our minority leader Nick Kipke to put in uh, an amendment to the bill that's being discussed as long arm registration that would make uh, it a felony to c- try to get around the registration by using what's called a straw man purchase, have somebody else say they're buying it and give it to somebody else. The Democrats ruled that amendment out of order and said it was a distraction. They say this is about having universal gun registration to protect people, yet making it a felony to get around that by people who are who are committing crimes is something they find irrelevant. Um, (laughs) They want to they want to oppress law abiding gun owners and they want to make it harder for, you know, as I said, that on the eastern shore, if you let you let your neighbor borrow your shotgun to go duck hunting. Meanwhile, really going after the things that are causing uh, the, the blood running in the streets of Baltimore, they're just not interested in. And this is something this is a winning issue again for for the House minority members, the Republicans in the General Assembly and for the governor as well. And the Democrats are just on the wrong side. It is kind of flailing about. Yeah, they certainly are. Surface politics, as I continue to use that expression when it comes to gun control legislation. And I, I again, I have to point out the hypocrisy. I'm not saying it's all of them, but I bet bottom dollar that a certain percentage of those mom demand action folks, that those moms are pro-choice, pro-abortion. So they're OK with abortion, but they want to take away gun rights from a law-abiding citizens to protect themselves makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. But with that, Greg, we'll have to call it a day, and, and we'll talk next Thursday. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you got it. Greg Klein, RedMaryland.com, RedMaryland on Facebook and Twitter. Joining us on the Backyard Works Newsmaker Line. News is next.